Welcome to the Burnout Educator. This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media, where we value each person's humanity and what life experiences shaped you to be the person you are. This interview-style podcast invites stories from people across the spectrum of the educational system and seeks to see the human inside the role they play. It's our desire that you will see parts of your story and those around you in the interviews that you hear. Hello, and welcome to The Burnout Educator, a podcast where we interview current and former educators in hopes of hearing their stories inside and outside the walls of the school. I'm your host, Ryan Savage, the Burnout Educator, and this is our co-host, Olivia Willoughby. Hi, Ryan. Hi, guys. Hey, Olivia. And this is our producer, Bridger Falkenstein. Hello. How's it going? Good. (laughs) I'm very excited. I am so excited. (laughs) Yeah. What are you feeling in your body right now? Uh, I have a hard time putting words to it, to be quite honest. Why Uh, not do a podcast then? (laughs) Seriously. Well, I mean, what a moment in this time right now um, of just, uh, we're starting a podcast. Yes. Yes. And this has been a dream of mine for 10 years or longer uh, to have an education podcast, which is just the irony of this moment is quite, uh, is not fallen on me. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's this space of, um, you know, the objective really for my podcast that I wanted to start 10 years ago when I started teaching was uh, really to connect with educators in the field. I I dreamed that it would be through humor and then I never Mm -hmm. found myself funny enough to be able to get started (laughs) 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 or a premise that I felt like would last longer than like a one 30 minute episode. That's amazing. (laughs) Do you remember any of like the initial pitches for like an episode? Uh, It didn't make it that far. I'd love to think that it did. Just a small dream. Yes. No, it was one of those that I would listen to podcasts all the time and just uh, wanted to be the person on the other side of the microphone. Yeah. Mm. What did you like about that, like, idea? uh, Just having the opportunity to connect with people through the spoken word and just speak to the common experience of being in education. There's so many people there. And uh, I just thought that maybe I'd have something to say and then thought about, well, what would I say? I don't know. I guess I have lesson plans to write. (laughs) Back to the work. Right. (laughs) Always lesson plans to write. Yes, always back to the work. (laughs) Uh, You know, but the premise of this podcast is great in the fact that it's very similar to the connection that I wanted to make from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's to be able to to connect and see and, and like really just make connection with other people who are in doing the work in the field of education. Yeah. And I'm excited to get to start that with this episode zero yeah. of the burnout educator as you described your initial like desire in wanting to create a podcast i see so much of that possible and just like likely to unfold here yes mm-hmm. that you wanted to connect with people uh through the shared experience of being an educator and so much of what i feel this podcast is going to be is just that very thing mm-hmm. um but also with the understanding of what's beyond educator. Yeah. Yes. What does it actually, is educator like your only identity? It depends on who you ask, I suppose. Yes, Yes. it does. And I think that's the, that's one of the themes that I'm so excited to see come out in this podcast. And it's why I'm so excited to be the producer, um, just to be able to facilitate some of that, uh, connection with people, uh, from the audio production standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm so grateful for the service that you're offering, the Burnout Educator Bridger, because uh, just already in our setup, I have the education I've received just from you being present has Mm -hmm. assisted us so much. Yes. So much. But I think 
jumping off of one of the things that you just said in, um, is educator all you are? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great place to start, Mm. um, in kind of describing why I'm the burnout educator. Yes. Uh, Because, Mm. um, now, one, I, I'm having this experience where I can't stop smiling. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a strange such experience. a new experience. So fun. <laughs> I find that when I'm around you guys often anyway, but, mm. um, you know, just this moment of, I am just really, really excited about the opportunity to be able to speak with other educators and other humans out yes. there because it's the, the work of working with other people in general and uh, we're here in a therapy practice, but you know, working with other people is really, really challenging Yeah, and mm-hmm. finding, uh, the roles that we fill to be, um, can be empowering sometimes and can be incredibly othering at other times, you know, just this space of, of, uh, what does it mean to be an educator? Mm. And, uh, my story as the burnout educator is one uh, really that started, um, in business school. Mm. And so I'm excited to share this story in this form with you yes. guys because I haven't shared it with you actually from, yeah, that's from so the crazy. standpoint of, um, yeah, I was in business school and I hated my business classes and I, there were hundreds of students in there and I felt no connection with anybody really. And, you know, the instructor felt like, uh, there's hundreds of freshmen in here. And so it's just kind of like, you mm-hmm. know, whatever graduate assistant you got or whatever. And, mm. um, just felt not a whole lot of connection, didn't feel a lot of purpose. I had set out with this objective of like, college is to secure a financial security for your family. To secure security. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And really there's no other reason to go. Well, to become the person I'm supposed to be. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, why else would you go into all that debt if you weren't gonna go and make all that money? That I need to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was dual majoring in Spanish and international business. You got to be prepared. Got to be prepared. And I hated it. Mm-hmm. And I had this person in my life that I could talk to. And uh, it was my girlfriend at the time, Jen. And we had actually met in high school. Mm. And I shared this with her. I was like, you know, the only thing that I enjoy about my classes is the fact that I'm getting to tutor all of my business calculus buddies in calculus because I had already taken calculus. And so it was like, <laughs> it was a no brainer for me and their parents were paying me 20 bucks an hey, hour to tutor them. Oh, so it was like, yeah. yes, it was awesome. Um, and she's like, well, what about teaching? And I was like, you can't make any money in teaching. Why There's no I? money in teaching. <laughs> why would you do that? Why would somebody be an educator? <laughs> like, how am I going to secure a, a firm financial future for my family? You know, and that was the kind of the, the space that I was in. And, uh, yeah, she connected me back to an experience that I had when I was volunteering in high school. Um, I was in this volunteer organization and the guidance counselor set me up with this second grade kiddo and the elementary school was just down the street from our high school. And he, uh, basically he met his behavior expectations Then he could see me mm-hmm. and I just got to show up for 30 minutes and like play in the gym or play on the playground or just hang out and just get to be. know him. Yeah. Just be. And made this connection with this kiddo. And that was the beginning of this moment of like, oh, there's this experience that I can have with just being present and connecting with other kids. Like, this is cool. <sighs> and I wonder what that would be like to do that for a profession. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be cool. And, uh, but I didn't let myself really latch on to that as an objective. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, no, 18-year-old me was like, that's not enough. 
and the money is a real concern. So, um, yeah, go out and, I mean, superintendents make money. Right. right. So you just like let that go. So I said, I can do that for a while. Like, yeah, I mean, that's cool that I can do that too. Mm. I can connect with kids too, but the objective like out front is no, I'm going to, I'm going to be a superintendent. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I'm going to be an administrator as quickly as possible. Yeah. Now here's the plan and I'm going to find, you know, go and pursue these roles and jobs and, and locations and everything to, to satisfy the plan and uh, set out 18 years old. I actually called the superintendent that I graduated from high school with and was like, tell me how you got there. Oh, and we had a phone conversation. It was great. And he was like, don't follow my plan, but here's what you can do. And it was teacher, assistant principal, principal district level administrator, superintendent. There you go. There's a plan and pursue advanced degrees while you're doing all of that and, uh, and go for it. And yeah, so pursued that and got a bachelor's in mathematics and, um, mm-hmm. you know, that too was motivated by like, well, yeah, we need lots of math teachers. So I'm yeah. sure I can and do I'm a job. Good at it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that I enjoy and it'll make me marketable. Right. There you go. <laughs> was there true interest in math? I mean, why not pursue was Spanish just because it was like, okay, well I need to know Spanish just in case I'm doing business with people, um, that don't speak English Yeah. or like, where was that when thinking about being an educator? Like, why not a Spanish teacher? Why the switch to math? I don't know. What an interesting question that I never considered. Yeah. Um, really, I took Spanish one through three when I lived in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I didn't live in a community with much Hispanic influence. And so my Spanish, when I got there, uh, when I stepped into Spanish four in high school mm-hmm. in the panhandle of Texas, where there is a, a mm-hmm. Hispanic influence, and... Um, and my Spanish wasn't very good right. <laughs> in Spanish four. And I learned a lot in Spanish four and five, but I still wasn't like proficient. Right. I, I could, I could speak quasi fluently, but wasn't as good as I feel like I should have been. And so I was not confident in my own Spanish ability, okay. but calculus, I can nail that down. That's fine. <laughs> I felt confident to be able to nail down calculus, but found my, I found my ceiling in mathematics too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'll be pursuing another mathematics degree. Well, you know, yes. life is long. But That's true. Never say never. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, at one time, I did say I'd never work in an elementary school, and that oh. did prove me wrong. As Oops. Well. So, <laughs> yes. You know, that's just so interesting to me because it sounds like you went on to your first experience in college just, I mean, purely saying, well, this is what I should do mm-hmm. in every regard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've told us, you've told me the business story, but the the addition of international studies in Spanish and it's like wow you really were checking boxes for what I should do to get this money yes and then the switch to oh well I not only could be good at this but I could enjoy it but that still was but I need to get into and be superintendent I need to get there as fast as possible because I will allow myself to enjoy it but there must be a purpose of greater money and success and security. Security. Yes. security. Upward mobility. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I'm feeling very seen right now. It's a strange <laughs> place, and that's that part of the story. But yeah, that's absolutely what it was. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, dead on the head. Right. Of no, this this uh, presentation that I'm putting out there needs to be as marketable as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And so find the avenue by which to make it as pretty as possible out there. Right. Yeah. And 
maybe you can find some ways to enjoy some of the things right behind in the so background. You obviously ancillary. didn't start in admin. Like right. that's not where those people often mm-hmm. start. So how did you then, I guess like temper that ambition down to say, okay, well step one is what? Yes. I'm, I'm laughing just because of where I know the story is going. And then also <laughs> like what the answer is to that question, um, because it just fits right in line with the, with the further objectification of the, 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 uh, product that I was putting out there nice and polished and pretty. Mm. Um, the object so, of you. Yeah. Like you becoming the object. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Mm. As you said that, I imagined you shining yourself. Like, I, like this polishing image himself. came to my mind of Ryan just being nice and silvery and shiny <laughs> as he's like each day rubbing the oils on to make sure he looks as clean as possible to get yeah. to the next step. That's right. Level yes. up. Level up. You know? Up. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So I uh, had switched. I dropped Spanish completely mm. um, because Jen, my girlfriend at the time, was fluent in sign language. And for fun, she would just con- like teach me sign, vocabulary, vocabulary. And uh, then she ended up taking CLEP tests to get, like, I don't know, 12 hours of sign language credit or something like that. And for whatever reason, the sign language department didn't charge for those tests. It was they just literally gifted her hours. Wow. Wow. And she was like, you should totally do this. Yeah. Why like, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like There's I can no teach barriers. you, I can teach you ASL one and two and then go on, take three and four and then take deaf culture. And then you get a minor in sign language and you'll be fluent. Like, why not? I was like, yeah, hmm, seems cool. And she was the, uh, she was the president of the silent Raiders at Texas tech. And so oh, she wow. was the president of the deaf, of the deaf club. That's too, crazy. So, That's so cool. Yeah. So I it, didn't know that about yes. Jen. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so yeah, went and did that and took the test and took the extra classes and had sign language and come to find out it was, so I put it on my resume when I was applying for teaching jobs. But when I came, when I moved to Springfield, um, there was as part of no child left behind, there was this, um, a program where if you are a math science or special education teacher in a school that was, um, identified as a title one school or would mm-hmm. qualify, you know, had a certain free and reduced lunch percentage then you could qualify for $17,500 worth of student loan repayment. Mm. And so I explicitly applied at those schools. Yeah. Because Get out of debt faster. Yes. Right. That's a part of the plan. It is absolutely part of the plan, Bridger. Yeah. And yeah, so applied and I got a job at Parkview. And it was funny. Um, I was sitting there with the principal that hired me. And he said, it says here at the bottom of your resume that you're fluent in sign language. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm fluent in sign language too. And he said... Oh, because we're the deaf magnet school. I don't know if you knew that. I was like, oh, cool. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, had no idea. And uh, come to find out, like, it, it was amazing mm-hmm. in the experience that they would, the the counselors. Obviously, he told the counselors that I was fluent. We have a math teacher fluent in sign language, mm-hmm. so I got all of the deaf students. Whoa! And that's like, amazing. It was really, really wonderful to have the opportunity to connect with them in that way, uh, because they have to communicate with literally everyone yeah a, a sign language interpreter but to have somebody that could say no you can just sit and read interpreter that's fine i'm happy to, to yeah. have the conversation I'm with their the person. educator and i am also fluent in their language yes and what an experience for those kids those kids in the classroom but as well as all the other kids in the classroom who mm-hmm. are used to experiencing these students in different ways and then being able to see you 
as the teacher that is connecting with each student yeah. in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Like I just imagine the perspective of the student, like having to not look at the teacher, what everybody else is looking at, but mm -hmm. look at the interpreter and yeah. is now in your class able to shift their body to actually look at you. Mm -hmm. mm. It gives me chills to think of that student being able to see themselves as no different than any other student in that classroom, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. if just for an hour a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful space. I'm sure you made for them. It was uh, it was a great experience to have that opportunity to be in service to those kiddos in that way and find that connection with them. Mm -hmm. um, and that wasn't in the plan, Bridger. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't pursue that school for that reason, and, right? Uh, and it didn't fit the plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. But how serendipitous! Yeah, and I'm sure it's part of what got you the job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As a part of the plan. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, so you had to work at one of those schools for five years. Yeah, to qualify and, and yes. actually get correct yeah. the debt forgiveness, quote unquote. Correct. Yeah. So I timed it out. I knew exactly when I had to apply for my master's degree. I knew where I was going for my master's degree. I knew how long it would take. I knew how much money it would cost and had it planned out. And graduated after four after my fourth year at Parkview. Stayed one more year at Parkview, and then up started applying for administration mm. jobs that last yeah. that, that fifth year. Because your and master's so, was in education and administration. Administration, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I got my licensure to be an administrator, and and went from there. Wow. You know, passed the test, all the great things. Yeah. Well, took the math. Yeah, took the path to uh, the most qualified degree mm -hmm. completed that degree in right. sufficient time mm -hmm. and on to yes the next stage yeah. and you found total bliss and happiness there <laughs> <laughs> well right that's the plan like working, that is the right? plan that is the plan okay. you know i had okay. this experience of um you know when i was in the classroom uh, the first couple of years that i was there it was i, I saw this thing called the leadership team mm. at the high school and was like, oh, well, they're the ones that make all the decisions. That'd be good for my resume to be on that leadership mm. team. And it would be good experience, too. And maybe I'll have an opportunity to influence things in the way that I feel like I could. Yeah. There's but, still this part of you that's, like, reaching out saying, like, hey, this could also be an opportunity right. where we can connect with someone. Right. Hear me. Yeah. It's hey. not all about the money and the recognition and the moving <laughs> forward. Hear me. Yeah. You know, there there was this, this uh, desire to find connection around this, this idea that, um, I believe schools can be a place where connection happens. Hmm. Schools are a place where connection happens. Mm -hmm. It's not a place where connection happens for everybody. Right. And that's, that's a hard fact and reality that I came to face like real clearly. But the, you know, there, there was this belief inside of me that this could be a place where people or all people could find connection. Yeah. And I wonder, maybe the people on that team, maybe the people at that level believe that this is a place where we can all find connection. Hmm. So Ryan, we're putting a lot of language to all of that right now, but I wonder, um, as you think back on those experiences, um, and I hear your, you know, my thoughts were, well, that would look good on my resume. Mm -hmm. um, were there thoughts within you that were also recognizing this want and drive for connection and creating connection for all kids? Um, or was that a little bit deeper within you that now as mm, we're able to yeah. discuss, you're like, 
that was there. Or, you know, like, oh yeah, I, I know it was there. I just didn't really want to allow it at that point. Speaking something like that in front of, or from the, the pretty polished, um, version of myself that I presented felt way too vulnerable and unsafe mm-hmm. right. to accept inside of me or even to, uh, especially to put out in front right. of other people. Right. Yeah. It was dangerous to yourself. So no, that would not be something Correct. spoken outside. Yeah. So it, no, it's for the resume for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be an administrator and so being on the leadership team is just the next step. And so of course, yeah, that's what I'm going to pursue. Yeah, and hopefully you'll be around people who are of similar mind and are kind of carrying out their vision for right. leadership at this institution. Yes. For these kids. As well as people that will maybe be good to know in the future. Definitely. Oh, connections. 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 Oh, my. Have you heard me talk about connections before, Olivia? <laughs> maybe once or twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got to that table, and I found good people there. Hmm they were kind of the same people that were on the hallway with me too, teaching Mm -hmm. math. Right. Right. And it was this experience of like excitement because I met more people, but also this like letdown of like, I feel like this is the same group of people. Hmm. And kind of sat back in my chair and thought, this can be okay. Hmm. I can be okay with this because I bet the the next level is going to be, what I'm thinking it's going to be. Right. So in that leadership room, you're mm-hmm. thinking of the next level, even still beyond that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So like, didn't feel quite like you'd arrived. Correct. And so you looked as you've always done your entire life yes. to the next level up. Yeah. So I looked for what is my place in this spot right now? Because I firmly believed that it was temporary and I knew that I could, be of service in some ways. And I said, here are the strategies that I have and they're good. And, um, I can be in service this way. And, um, you know, found a lot of recognition and acceptance in that space and, and had some, you know, positive experience. Um, but was still kind of in this space too, of just like believing this thought that, um, if a teacher picked the right strategy and worked hard enough, Mm then they could meet this achievable goal of all your kids could feel connected and seen Mm -hmm. and achieve. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing a bit also of, um, this grass is always greener idea. Yes. And there is where it will happen. Yes. But then I felt such a, such a sense of letdown in your voice as you said, you know, I thought it was going to be here. And then I realized it's very much of the same, mm-hmm. um, which is such a feeling to, to have a plan and think it will get you somewhere and then try that move and realize, oh, there's more yeah. of what I've experienced in the past. Yep. So I got to look. So I must just keep going. Yep. Look forward again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you experiencing right now? Oh, this. You know, in reflection of uh, getting into this podcast and thinking about this story specifically, there was this moment of um, 
desired, there was this moment where I realized that through this entire story, I had this desire for a certain type of connection Mm. while also refusing to be vulnerable myself. Yeah. Mm. And how lonely that felt. And my, my desire was to point, you know, to point out, well, they don't have it or that it's not happening because find blame, find rationale around whatever was going on in the context or whatever. When in reality that I was desiring people to be connected with me in a vulnerable way. Yes. Mm -hmm. With an object refusal for myself to show up in any way other than. This is who I am and what I'm pursuing. Cultural inability to articulate that desire. Absolutely. You can't say that. You can't talk that way because like you said, it would have been way too vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Well, and a group of humans around you who have been held and are holding themselves in that same capacity. Absolutely. Very much. I mean, I would venture to say wanting everything you're also wanting, Mm -hmm. but presenting themselves as you were presenting yourself. Mm. What a cage to be stuck in. Oh. Thanks for that analogy. Mm. It feels much harsher to me, the feeling that I feel. I like the word like othering. It feels like there's some blame there (laughs) (laughs) when um, I think of the cage analogy it puts me into a I feel the feelings of loneliness Mm -hmm. yeah isolation we're talking about yeah the isolation surrounded but alone yes and there was this uh, just inherent feeling of I'm not safe here yeah I'm not and safe real, here. Real or perceived, I, I don't know, you know, but... Well, yeah, it's all perspective, like... Yeah. It's all subjective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no language to speak to that. Mm-hmm. Or space to inquire, hey, is anybody else feeling... Yeah, no way? invitation. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't help but, you know, talking about educators in this way, and then my mind just goes straight into, man, then how are our kids feeling Mm -hmm. you know i'm not safe here wait okay that's then how is everybody else in that building wanting to feel but what is lacking and where is it Mm -hmm. maybe we'll find that Mm. i believe now it's inside the humans that live there Mm -hmm. all of them all of them. All of them. I can't wait to unpack all of this. <laughs> Are you excited for this podcast too? I think I mm-hmm. am. <laughs> I think I am. Yes. Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> yes. Let's do every episode tonight. Yeah. Every Let's single just one. do it right now. Yes. All I of love it. that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So feeling all of this frustration mm-hmm. and this kind of never ending race Where did you go? How did you find any type of like rest or then like assurance that there wasn't going to be rest? And so we need to start thinking about other things. 
yeah, it, it, uh, I didn't feel any question of the, the plan. Right. Stick to the plan. Time. Stick to the plan. Yeah. It's just not here. Yeah. Probably over there. Yeah. We yeah. plan the work, work the plan. Exactly right. Yeah. Yes. And so pursued the plan and, and moved into an assistant principal role and then went and found again, same, same story just different place Went and found all of the opportunities that I could find to be able to set up the resume, to do the thing that I needed to make sure that I'm in the meetings that I need to be in so that I can get connected to the people that I need to be connected to. Cause they're the ones that make the decision, right? Like go and polish, 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 polish. How can I make this the prettiest presentation of myself, the prettiest object that for me to set and slide across the table and say, you yeah. should pick me. Yeah. Brian, I'm very curious as you're speaking to that, um, how that felt, um, it sounds exhausting. Yeah. I think that, uh, pretty disembodied mm-hmm. is my, is kind of my understanding of that experience and, uh, a general disregard for any affect. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. The affect is not in the plan. Like Absolutely your feelings not. are you know, what they are, we're probably going to do a lot to like bury those. Absolutely. Because the plan is what matters most. They put smudges on the polish. Yeah. Mm. And after all, we're not just talking about my individual accolades. We're talking about what I've put into this as the hope for the security of my family. Correct. And if my feelings are going to take me away from that, then my feelings will be gone. Yeah. Like I don't care about my feelings. They don't matter. Right in the context of, uh, this, the space of, I don't have worth if I can't be that person for the family. Yeah. Right. And so it's so much connected back to that original, why did you go to college? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all connected to that space of the only way that I know how to hold value in a family is in the space of provider right. yeah. yeah the justification for the way you've conducted your life up to now is based solely on your continued performance of this role yes heavy whoa mm-hmm. pressure yeah so i have a couple stories that where i let the affect get in the way mm. devastating <laughs> devastating mm. devastating mm-hmm. a lot of polish I had to go back on that object oh I'm sure right. lots of polish extensive repair tons mm-hmm. and what do I need to change in the way that I'm experiencing these situations so I don't experience that affect again how do I push that down even further even further away because this is nothing but a job. And I cannot do something to jeopardize it in the way that I just did. Mm. Yeah. Proof that objectivity is the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, further, like, ignore any affect. Stick to the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any emotion you've got, doesn't matter. Yeah. It was clear that I was right in saying to not feel. <laughs> so I messed up once. But now, no way. We're going to double I down. Let that come through. Yeah. Double down on the strategy. Stick to the object. Stick to the plan. Yes. Perform. You are not a human. Mm. You are 
fill in the blank. Yeah. Teacher, admin, mm-hmm. etc. Stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where did the plan move from that assistant principal position? So I pursued, um, this is a funny story to me. Uh, I had only been an assistant principal for like 18 months and was applying for principal jobs. And I came back from an interview and my principal at the time who had done a great job of promoting me and, uh, believed in you. Absolutely. Yeah. Was on your team. We were a great team. I loved working with him and I wish that I had stayed there for five years just because the connection that I felt with him was, was really authentic. And he really, uh, just taught me a lot and was there to support me. And hmm. it was a really great connection hmm. that I didn't realize to what extent would be gone when I left. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, I remember we, I came back from the interview and he said, yeah, man, after my first interview, you know, it's just, you just don't know how did it go? You know, mine was just kind of like, well, I don't know. It, it, he was reminiscing on the first time that he had interviewed for a principal job. Yeah. Ultimately he didn't get that job. Right. Um, after the first time that he interviewed and my response was like, went great. (laughs) I couldn't have done better. (laughs) I am amazing. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I showed all my polish. I was like, here it is. It's like, um, no, it it went really well. I don't know what to say. I checked all the boxes. (laughs) Exactly. I'm the best candidate. Yeah. Yeah. I knew what they were going to ask and I had the answers. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I couldn't have gone better. <laughs> did you get the job? <laughs> I did get the job. Look at that. Yeah, the first one. Proof. I did get the job. I did get the job. When you did, did you say, Hey, told you so. I didn't go quite that far. <laughs> no, no, that was not in the plan. No, I'm just be humble. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. But also excellent. Bingo. There it is. Yes. Do you know me, Bridger? I know you pretty well. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I feel so, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting experience at the moment for sure. Yeah. Yes. Humble, but excellent. It's the best object to be. It is so good. Yeah. People want you around. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. they're going to give you yeses to all of your mm-hmm. desires. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And I think, so when I got into the principalship, it was really this, this moment of like, you've, you've you've made it like you've mm-hmm. met one of the biggest goals that you've set because it's, this is most definitely a, a, um, a stop gap between you as 18 year old Ryan and superintendent, yeah. right? Like right. there is some significant work that has to happen here. Right. So get comfortable cause we're going to be in this place. Correct. For a while. Yeah. And I remember there was one teacher that I, uh, so I was, I was going around and doing like introductory meetings with all the teachers after I got announced um, in the position. And there was one teacher that basically said, eh, you won't be here in three years anyway, because they're grooming you to be a high school principal, hmm. but congratulations and good luck. And it was this experience of like, whoa, yeah. Rarely did I run into people that were willing to call the object exactly what it was, nor was I ready for that sort of. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, okay. I feel seen, but not in a good way. Right. And also like, are we going to be okay? Because <laughs> right. I'm like your boss. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you weren't supposed to know that's what my goals right. are. Yes. You were supposed to think I was here for you in this school forever. Yeah. Right. Well, right. and also Olivia, I'm just thinking of you. Like, what would you be like 
in that space as oh. an educator <laughs> and to like meet somebody that's like clearly in line for something mm, beyond I have a you. story of meeting a assistant principal that explains that perfectly. I would love to hear that story. <laughs> it was one where uh, just this past year, um, <laughs> we were asked to go, you know, down to the library and meet, um, you know, the new people coming into the building, one mm. of which being one of our assistant principals. Uh-huh. Um, and as I walk up to him and, you know, everybody's like, hi, this is who I am. This is what I teach. I just shake his hand, didn't say anything. And he said, okay, who are you? And I looked at him dead in the eye and said, they didn't tell you yet. Nice. And I just paused and, and he nice. clearly like wanted to laugh, but also doesn't know me. Yeah. Like, he's like kind of uncomfortable. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just said. I'm in charge here. (laughs) And he goes, oh, yes, ma'am. And then I looked at him and I said, no, I'm the art teacher. Please don't ask me any questions. (laughs) I have no answers. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That same man gave me a hug yesterday. So I feel like we've made it. (laughs) Definitely. That's incredible. What a story. I love that story. And I have lots of those like that too. Because it's those... People just like you live inside schools Mm -hmm. and they bring smiles to lots and lots of people. Mm. It feels very good. Many people and uh, wish I'd had the opportunity to work with you in that way for sure. Oh, Um, I would have loved meeting you. I'm going to start crying right now. (laughs) (laughs) And there's part of me too that wonders like to what extent do you have experience like this too of like you bring smiles for a lot of people but school is a hard place. Yes. Oof. That is, it is very heavy to think about. And that's one of those things where, um, with you, Ryan and Bridger, I am not in my objectivity. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but in the context of that question, I often am mm-hmm. in the way of, you know, where, where is that asked? Well, by people who, I'm not ready to not be shiny for. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I can say like, Phew, yeah, uh, it is heavy and mm-hmm. I am exhausted. Yeah. But oof, where else would I be? I don't, I don't know. I've tried to think about it, you mm-hmm. know, where else would I be? Where else would I be happy? What else could I? Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. There isn't a thing that brings me as much joy as what brings me joy being with my kids in my room. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also Mm -hmm. the tipping point. The sadness does not often come from my kids in my room unless it's experienced in connection with them due to an experience from that student. Yeah. The amount of times, I mean, you've reflected to me just about, you know, when I can shut my door, Mm-hmm. And that, and and just be with my kids. That's the space where I find myself. Yeah. Like actually, you get to be who you are. Yeah. When you shut your door. Mm. Yeah. And I and I'm thankful that I'm at a school where, oftentimes, I feel like when you know my school shuts its doors mm-hmm. because. I still ride a tricycle around the halls, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I haven't gotten yelled at yet. 
So, you know, we can, we Does can it play have a ooga horn? Oh, it yeah. should. And, and I will get one. Yeah. At least a, a, a like clown squeaky yes. one. I often, I've, I've thought about putting a fanny pack on the front of it so mm-hmm. that I can carry some supplies, maybe right. snacks. If it's not a basket, you'll have the fanny pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Definitely. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, there is that, that all too real feeling knowing mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about. Um, and it is very, very interesting to feel such a connection with you in your story that you're telling. Mm-hmm. But having had so far and even, um, you know, sitting here now having a totally different plan. Mm-hmm. But man, do I recognize a lot of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say the way that I've experienced you and getting to know you, I have a lot of envy and, um, and regret mm-hmm. in the way that I experience, that I reflect on my own experience in the classroom and some of the missed opportunities that I just, I just passed on. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I don't want to speak for you, so push back if this mm-hmm. isn't right, but just too fixated on the object to see the opportunity. Absolutely. Like you, you know, in your subjectivity, like in yourself, you, you desire that space, but a classroom that's run that way has a goal mm-hmm. right. to complete the lesson plan. Right. And the lesson plan is very, you know, is orchestrated from what I've heard you talk about as you know, just a small piece of a larger goal, which mm-hmm. is to get these kids from point A to point B right. in their progress. And I do that sufficiently to get a promotion mm-hmm. to then move up. Yeah. And so opportunities to do anything other than that don't make a lot of sense. No. If that's didn't. the goal. That didn't make mm-hmm. a lot of sense. There's, you know, the thing that I know now and that I can see throughout my entire history of just like, just my own personal story is that like the reality of the humanity forces itself to the forefront. Yes. Mm -hmm. Serendipitously all the time. Yes. And there's plenty of opportunity to ignore it. Mm. And so many of us do. And I still can like think back on just yesterday. Oh yeah when I took opportunities to ignore it with my three-year-old daughter. (laughs) Um, But I intentionally sought after a lot more yesterday than I used to. Um, But the way that, that that connection forces itself right up to the forefront. Mm. Human to human. Human to human. Teacher to student. Those relationships exist and happen in a space where um, even someone like me can be so hyper-focused on an objective. Yeah. Yeah. They still exist there. Yep. And I have those stories. For a moment. Yes. And I have those moments and there's these, you know, these students that are popping up in my mind right now, <laughs> these virtual others showing up that it's just like, I just, they're wonderful. Yeah. They're, they're really wonderful. And I found, um, you know, lots of solace and, excitement and connection in those spaces. But there's some that, that just stand out so glaringly as missed opportunities mm-hmm. Yeah, too. And I, and I know that in today, in this moment, I have to give myself grace for just 
the human that I was in that space and what I was trying to accomplish. And, um, Ryan, as you speak to that, I just, um, the way that I see you is the only way that I've ever known you. Um, and oftentimes I find myself sitting and wondering, like, how could Ryan be any different than the man that I met and have grown to know and love? Mm. Because you're so aware in a way that is not seeking of a particular plan or goal, mm-hmm. but instead of a, in a way of actually connecting and being open to what was that there or what's happening now. Yeah, so attuned. Oh, yes. And that is just something that I, I sense within your statement of I, I know I have to give myself grace now, um, that it's still troublesome. Mm-hmm. And it's still heavy on your soul. But it's just crazy to me because the way that you approach life now is so open and so different than, I mean, there are people that stick in the object you were chasing forever. I'm sure we both know many of them, all three of us, Mm -hmm. in and outside of the education world. Yes. Um, And... I think to find that awareness and then chase after it as you're doing is something to be spoken to. Yeah. And I think it's, it's actually a product of the years you spent in the object. Mm -hmm. And that's the part of the story that I want to hear next is like, how did you, yeah. Like why did you Mm -hmm. leave? Mm -hmm. You were on the plan. Like what happened? First, I just want to say thank you mm. for the way that you have described your experience of me. Um, there aren't many people who have described me in that way. And I recognize that as uh, this uh, space of... It's a disconfirming experience for me because I've been vulnerable with you from the very beginning. Yeah. And been intentionally present and desired connection with you. And it's been reciprocated and it's been met and it's been uh, a, an amazing friendship to this point and will persist because yeah. of the the vulnerability and connection and experience that we share. But thanks for being that mirror for me just now. Always. The answer to the question of like, how does one go from where I was to where I am now? The answer is a lot of pain mm. and a lot of confusion and a fair amount of anger. And I firmly held on to this belief that in education, if a teacher had the right strategy and worked hard enough, then they could get to a place where 100% of their students could be proficient on the state standards. Mm. I believed that. I never achieved it as a teacher, Mm. Bridger. I didn't. Do you know why? Why? I didn't work hard enough. There's the story. I didn't work hard enough, Bridger. And I don't feel like I had the right strategy. 
Mm. So between the two combination, between the two, there's no way, no way I could make it. You didn't follow the equation. Right. Why didn't somebody tell me the equation, Richard? You were the math teacher. I know, (laughs) I know, but I believed this. I believed this. And I went to a, a, I went into the principalship with, that was, that came out of my mouth. I mean, that was so high. You are now leading others with that belief. 100%. Yeah. Well, and now you can be the school that the kids all are better. They're proficient. And they're they are proficient. all proficient. And they are there. Because my my educators work hard enough mm-hmm. and they've got the right strategy. Right. Because I'm the one leading them. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, with, who's, who's responsible for getting that strategy? That's right. With right. I'm the hardest worker and I've got the best strategy. Yes. Yes. And uh, there were a number of situations. Um, one that 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 objective strat that 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 approach was very harmful to some people, mm. and that was painful. Um, I'm sure more painful for them even than for me. Mm-hmm. And also, just this experience of like coming up for air at one point. And feeling like, I think I have the, I think I have a really good strategy. And there are these people, these people, leaders in education that are telling me, my own boss is telling me, this is a really, really good strategy. Mm. And then this experience of like, but it's not working. It's not doing enough. It's not working. And, and I look around and I see lots of people working really hard. And... You know, these people say, well, it could take up to a decade. <sighs> or it could be that I'm not working hard enough. What a shame. Because if it's the right strategy, then the only other thing it could be is the work ethic, the amount of work that we're putting in. Yeah, Olivia, I think you're about to say a lot shame. of shame. Mm-hmm. So much shame. So much shame. It so all much falls shame back and responsibility. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. So much responsibility. And all of this is going on inside of me while I'm having my fourth child. Jeez. Fourth child in five years. <laughs> and I'm also missing my 14-year-old's tennis matches and basketball games. And I'm not reading to my kids at night. I'm only putting them to bed twice a week, three times a week. And are those weekends? Sometimes it just depends on when the football game is. <laughs> oh, that's how right, often that's you're right. driving to West Plains, mm-hmm. Missouri. <laughs> and, um, and I found myself saying the statement a lot. Oh, my wife is such a saint. Mm. Couldn't do it without her. Couldn't do it without her. And I'd get met with this. You've got a wonderful wife. Hmm. And you know how many times I've heard, I've, I've said that statement in that context since I left my job as a, as a principal zero. I do have a wonderful wife, but I don't rationalize it with anybody. Right. And I'm there every day to show her. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. What a feeling. But in that space, 
there came a point where I, I felt like I was backed into a corner and the answer was, I have a good strategy. You know that there's research, right? I mean, books, lots and lots of books written on this strategy and some really, really impressive data to go behind to support this strategy in education. And I, I do believe that it's pretty effective for moving a lot right. of kids in that direction for knowing the Pythagorean theorem on the state assessment. Yep. I feel confident of that. So, you know, it's you. And so I stop and really look at myself and say, okay, then I guess I got to work more. Hmm and work harder and be more efficient and be better and be dead at all these things. This object just spends so much time polishing this object and came to this place of either I commit like 100% commit that this is my number one priority or I have to make a change. Mm-hmm. And it was such a dark, space to be in i'm feeling backed into that corner of either just grit your teeth and bear it mm-hmm. for me it would have been another 20 years grit your teeth and bear it or create a new object and so i spent a lot of time strategizing on what might that other object be mm-hmm. and how am i going to still meet that other expectation that I was still holding on to that what value do I have to my family if I'm not bringing right that financial security and that level of pain Olivia is something that I would love for somebody else to not have to experience yeah There's a feeling within me that this is, I, I mean, I've, I've heard of, but in experiencing your story in this way, this is the first time that I'm really given the opportunity to recognize the transformation within you from what you were to what you are. Um, as I just said, like, this is all I know. This is Ryan Savage. But to sit with you and really be given the story of what created the only Ryan that I know. Mm. To think of everything that's in your past to make who you are. In that everything that is lending itself to who you are every day when you wake up now. And the thought of the pain that you endured during that time and making a shift. And I don't quite have words to explain how that feels within me. So I cannot imagine the feelings that are within your body.
I feel like I've been, you know, so distracted with where what I'm doing is now, you know, where Beyond Healing is now and where um, just the, the, just the daily work that, and, and two, there was this experience for me of, I didn't have rationale enough to step, to separate from that place unless I hated it. And so there's also that experience of, you had to hate it. I had to hate it in order to leave it, to leave it. And so that experience of looking for all of the reasons Mm -hmm. why this was terrible. Yeah. All the evidence. Yeah. That justifies. Yeah. Which in and of itself is an extremely painful process. Yes. Divorcing yourself from what you want, what you once loved. Yes. And saw as the thing that would propel me. Yep. This is the means to the end. Yes. And Ryan, how many years had you been working towards that goal and that want? 10 years working at it plus three years in in college. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, half my life. Very long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And there was too this, you know, going back to connect to the the experience that I had in the, in the moment of talking about that second grader that I worked with when I was in high school, mm-hmm. even though I said that that isn't really why I do this. Right. Even though that out, out in the, in the front, you no, know, it has nothing to do with all of the amazing, wonderful connective experiences that I had with students. That's what I said out front back behind. That's what I was surviving on. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was living off of the scraps that I could gather this, this in this little morsel. Yes. And so saying goodbye to that job and that vocation and that profession was also this painful experience of just saying no more of that either. Mm. No more connection with kids. No more being the only person in that school that can really talk that kiddo with autism off of the off the ledge. Right. Right, like no more connected experiences in the in the extreme behavior classrooms, no more um, you know saying goodbye to ten years of fellowship that you experienced with uh, with colleagues, you know you know just and then putting to bed any idea of what that dream may have been and also saying maybe that didn't matter anyway. Maybe that wasn't real. Mm. Sounds to me like, I mean, completely restarting Mm. and starting something new is often terrifying. Mm -hmm. For me, it always is scary. Mm -hmm. But starting something new or restarting in the middle of your adult life Mm -hmm. with a family, with a family. And when other people have it figured out, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, Mm -hmm. 
Um, that is a, an amazing step for you. I don't know many people who would be able to make that even, even with all the justification and, Mm -hmm. and all the, the real experiences telling you like, yeah, I, I want to spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. There is reason for this, that who I am putting, you know, first who I'm making my priority. So many people that say, no, I'll just be really unhappy for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It's just 20 years. Yeah. Then when I retire. Then I'll find something. Yeah. Retirement is the key. Yes. I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to point that attention at five other people. Mm-hmm. And really have the time, space, and opportunity to really prioritize those connections. Yeah. One of the things that was most interesting to me in that experience is that it was incredibly dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was this experience of like, I'm here now. And everybody's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. What are you doing here? Actually, and, dad, that's not how we do that. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, could you just leave for a little, why aren't you going to work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah 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 verger's pointing at me like olivia you've been through that yeah exactly <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know what it's like yeah. yeah i do as the from the child's perspective i get it you're yeah, yeah. get out dad yeah you actually make things more yeah. difficult because we way. had a plan yes yeah and now you're like just messing it up and what a way for you gosh a way i've never thought about it as the child saying dad you're just gonna like be here now for you to have to hear that after like yeah because i literally just made the sacrifice right and one of the hardest if not the hardest decision i've made of my life of Mm -hmm. my life and you're not even grateful yeah and it's actually struggling a lot at home right now i feel like i'm making it worse yeah Mm. (laughs) i feel like i'm making it worse but the thing you know and it's easy to look back and but I made a comment to you, Bridger, on uh, earlier today of just like how different those relationships are now, mm. and I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's right. I wouldn't trade it for anything, and um, but yeah, I mean, it's all, it's this this idea of just this constant transition, and the only thing that stays constant is that it's changing. That's right, and. Uh, what an experience and you know at this point i'm from the moment that i made uh, about exactly two years removed from the the decision me making the decision the about uh, just shy of that from you know two years of it being a public decision and uh, when i called my boss in to to tell him that i was uh, stepping away he thought that i was going to communicate to him that i was applying for the high school vacancy wow <laughs> it was open what a shift so, yeah so he was he was pretty shocked Oh yeah, you shattered the object in front of him. Yeah. yeah. You showed up as Ryan Savage, man Almost. on a mission. Almost. And then, yeah. oh, this is a very different meeting. Yes. Who is Ryan? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. What do you mean you're quitting? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mind just keeps going to like, we're here now. Amazing. What is this place? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> like the space of, I feel like I have something to say now, Bridger. Yes. And not funny one-off jokes or experiences in the classroom of being a teacher. I feel like I really have something to say. Invitation. Absolutely. Yeah. So as the producer, I'm like, what are you wanting to communicate? And I think this is one of the questions I asked you like early on when you had some of the ideas of wanting to actually make this podcast happen. Mm -hmm. What is the thing that you want to say? What are you wanting to to communicate to your listeners and, and mm-hmm. to really yourself. Yeah. I know in the way that I've experienced the humans inside and outside of school mm-hmm. since walking away and all of those serendipitous experiences that I experienced while in school, that there are humans that, that are there and that my experience is not some unique anomaly. Yeah. I know lots of other people that operated the way that I did. And that's just in the small little community that I know. Right. And I've come into this place where I've learned that this, that there is no strategy (laughs) to meet that goal. There is no strategy to meet that achievement goal or that strategy to meet that discipline goal or attendance goal or all of, there's no single strategy that does that. And that the thing that does do that or has the capability of doing that is through connection. One, one human to another human. Authentic subjective connection. Yes. Ryan, I just wonder as you make that statement that, there is no strategy mm-hmm. to do all the things that you spent so much time mm-hmm. trying to perfect a strategy to do. How does that feel? It feels uh, strange. And part of me gets angry at the idea. <laughs> because there still has to be something out there. I know. Mm. Yeah, there's part of me in that that just hasn't died. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also feels very free. That maybe just inviting somebody with a vulnerable invitation can have an impact on them that is greater than what my strategy could have offered or anyone's strategy could have offered. Yeah. Maybe seeing the human that is there and caring and showing positive regard and loving them for everything that they are and they aren't Mm -hmm. is more powerful than teaching them the strategy to try and help them meet the objective that they think they need to meet because I'm telling them that they need to meet it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the invitation of this podcast. Absolutely. When you say you see, you know, people are in there and that you're now reflecting back on your, your life that led you to the place of becoming the burnt out educator. Mm -hmm. 
that your desire is not to shame or blame. No. But to invite and connect. And see. And actually see. And see. Right. So my hope, my, my hope with, with interviewing current and past educators is my desire is to see them. Yes. Mm -hmm. To hear their story. Why? Yeah. All the whys behind Absolutely. what they're doing and why. And Absolutely. And invite them to show us who they are. Yes. And why. And maybe even inquire, what would it look like for you to be that person in that place too? Mm -hmm. Right. Or what about in your home? Mm -hmm. Or what about with the person who's serving you coffee or mm -hmm. your students? Yes. Mm. What I'm hearing um, as you share this is that you are finding the true end goal, not of the explicit plan that was mm -hmm. objective Ryan's plan in the beginning, but what was hidden within you the mm -hmm. whole time. Each small aspect of your story, there was always a point of desire for connection mm -hmm. to be seen and to see others. Yes. As true humans. And this is the place where you get to do that, but also all of us. That's right. All of us. All of us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. An invitation to look and say, who is this person? Right. Not who is the educator. Not who is the parent. Not who is. Not who is the objective role. Right. That you may be identifying with at this moment. Yes. Parent. Educator. But also. Who are you? Human. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I would say that, you know, in thinking about a, definitely a, a, a secondary objective in this podcast is, um, you know, one of the struggles uh, from my seat as, as administrator in public education was just this space of like, we don't have adequate services to support some of the needs of these kiddos in so many ways. And, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're sitting here in the recording studio beyond healing center or beyond healing media and, uh, beyond healing center is upstairs and we, you know, have 18 staff members that are therapists that are providing therapy to, to members in the community. And, and we've also done a lot of podcasting, a lot of <laughs> podcasting. So yes. we have this just incredible, you know, when we were still planning this idea of doing this podcast, we just like, we just have this opportunity before us. Yeah. A ton of wisdom in how to do podcasting, how mm -hmm. to do podcast supporting yeah. mm -hmm. through Patreon and how to provide therapy services. Yes. That was like the, the resources there. Right. Looks to me like a package being created here. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Please tell me more. Yeah. And seeing that on its face was just this space of, what would it be like if somebody could support mental health services for kids? What would that be like? And what if it was just in a space that they felt, yes, I can, I can do $10 a month to yes. support a kid getting therapy in my community. I think I know some people that would support that. Who oh. would like connect to them? Yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. Who would manage it? Well, and the fact of the matter is, is you don't have to spend too much time in a classroom to know that there are humans there and they show themselves. They do. Very plainly. Absolutely. And there are, like all humans, could use a little support. And I see that. And the therapy, the healing that I have personally observed in the people that we serve here Mm -hmm. is proof to me that this thing works. And the type of therapy that we're offering at Beyond Healing Center. That's right. Is. And the type of therapy that we train others to do. Yes. Is revolutionary. Yes, it is. And I want kids to receive this service for free. The way they need it. Absolutely. Not at eight or 10 session limit. Right. No. In the way that we provide therapy. There is no cap on our sessions here at Beyond Healing Center. No, because we believe that healing takes time. Yes. Finding safety and connection takes time. Yes, it does. And so we at Burnout Educator have decided to uh, donate 100% of everything that's raised on the Patreon page uh, to the scholarship fund for students, students in public school that need, so desperately need, yes, therapy support services. And, you know, a mission of Beyond Healing Center is to take care of it. We, we know that therapists that are taken care of mm-hmm. and that can meet their own needs can also be the most connected therapists and be the most, uh, the best conduit for healing. Yeah. yeah. They do really good therapy. They do amazing therapy when they're connected to a community that sees and loves them. Yes. And also encourages them and perhaps even offers resources <laughs> yes. to train them mm-hmm. in what we know to be the most, the most vast synthesis of psychotherapeutic theory. Mm hmm and effective modalities. Yeah. So we're going to invite them into community and we're going to provide training for them. Yes. To better themselves in their professional and personal development Mm -hmm. for the sake of their own flourishing. Yes. Listening to you two speak about this is just, I mean, I have so many parts of myself that find it, gosh, almost so great that I'm sitting here as a part of it, finding it hard to believe (laughs) because (laughs) I'm just thinking of myself in my own classroom in the way that I see students Mm. and the struggles that we encounter together. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the idea of how through our Patreon, those students could receive this help and this therapy mm-hmm. and the way that even just how they enter my classroom or at that point, any space, whether it be their school or not their school, because they're doing the work yeah. mm-hmm. is beautiful. But then to think that it's not even just the student, it's also the therapists that are providing this to those mm-hmm. students. Yes. I mean, you say community and I just want to like yell into the microphone community after you say it each time. <laughs> yes. Because a singular, you know, the singular mm-hmm. word is just not enough right. to really explain how effective mm. and connection this 
is going to be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we, we quickly realized that this is not, uh, something that can be just tackled here in Springfield, Missouri. No. <laughs> and turns out there's students like everywhere, everywhere. There's humans everywhere. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. And they can use a little support. They Let's sure find can. them all. Let's find them. <laughs> What's the best way to do that? Airwaves right now. Yeah. Here we Seriously. Go. Airwaves in the internet. I'm grateful we found you. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we have a network. Yes. We have a network of therapists that we've trained to do therapy in this model. Yes. Who and are committed to excellence in community. Absolutely. And you continue training. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So we're beyond healing Institute is a training Institute. It's housed here, but we train people on zoom and all over the world, all over the world and provide consultation to therapists, um, all over the world. And we want to set, we, we want to provide this type of healing therapy to students all over the world, all over the world. And we believe that our network of preferred providers can do it. That's right. Beyond healing network. Yeah. And, uh, we believe that you, the listener, can support it. Yes. A hundred percent. This is a call. Yeah. To support children in their need for therapy. Yeah. And also therapists in their need for community and excellence in training and embodiment as a healer. Yes. And uh. all of that and the impact that it will have on the whole world dare i say revolutionary dare i say <laughs> i wanted to say you know on in the town in which you live and then mm -hmm. i'm like no bigger than that way bigger in your state way yeah. bigger wait hold on country in, no no continent no gosh it's unending and i mm -hmm. love it yes yeah i think my, my desire would be that someone could share their story and experience in the way that i feel like i just shared mine mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. feel the same warm support and embrace that I felt from both of you. Yes. Because it's taken me a long time and not so much time. It feels like at the same time, isn't that amazing? But this story is one that was full of so much pain and shame mm. and anger mm. that I thought I was going to throw, put throw it in a box and lock it away forever. Yeah. But yeah. look at what it can do. Yes. And what I feel from just the regard and love that I feel from both of you. I cannot wait to create this space for so many people. So many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. We have multiple ways of getting connected. Yeah. Uh, first and easiest is just the email address. Contact at burntouteducator.com. All one word. All one word. And our Patreon page. And there are multiple tiers of involvement um, because uh, one thing that I know from being in education and being so hyper focused <laughs> on how am I going to make this, this, you know, this vocation support, support me and my family is that there are varying levels of compensation in the education world. And not a lot of discretionary income. No, yep. definitely not. I, I see you paraprofessionals and bus drivers and oh, cafeteria work. And... Oh my gosh. And any teacher in their first decade of, yes. <laughs> of education with no master's degree. With no just, master's? Oh man. You are all a part of this. I see you. I see you. Yes. I see you. 
And so we're starting at, if you want to support one session a year for kids at $10 a month, we invite you to do that. And the tiers break down from there. And, um, you know, we have a, a tiered level where you can give a monthly contribution, um, every month and, uh, on up to, you can support 12 sessions for mm-hmm. a kiddo every year with a hundred dollar donation per month. And, uh, yeah, I invite you, if nothing else, to be a committed partner. Yes. A dollar, a dollar helps. $5 help. Yes. $500 helps. Because our goal is to invite students and their families to partner with a approved Beyond Healing Network provider. Yes. Not for eight sessions, not for 10 sessions, not for 12, but for 25 at a minimum. Minimum. Maybe more. And how beautiful it would be to just, yes, continue that. To say, what do you need? Right. And how can we support you? Yes. Not you have to be done now. Yes. But instead, let's continue our journey. Yes. Yes. Our goal here at Burnout Educator is not quantity, but the quality. The quality. And the quality of healing. That's right. Yes. Not Band-Aids. Not Band-Aids. No Band-Aids. Beyond Healing Center will never be involved with something that is about Band-Aids. And because... Burnout Educator is a product of Beyond Healing Media. Mm-hmm. It will have that baked in. We're yes. about deep healing for the lifespan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Forever. Yeah. And what a, an amazing thing to offer to students, to children who would not otherwise have this ability. Yeah. Can you imagine? Huh. Yes. And so I want to be very specific about what that process would look like. Yeah. Just so that the listeners can have a context for what they're actually donating to. And so right now we have a, an approved list that is growing of Mm -hmm. providers that have been trained in, uh, our case conceptualization model, which to our, uh, in in our belief, uh, gets them to be on the same page with what we believe to be the most effective Mm -hmm. theory Mm -hmm. and its application in psychotherapeutics. And so our idea is to, uh, once the necessary funds are in place, to approach the schools yes yes and begin to pair a student with a 25 session scholarship Mm -hmm. to an approved beyond healing network provider yeah and let the work begin yes and i know from my experience if somebody picked up the phone and called me and said hey do you have a couple kids that could benefit from 25 sessions of some really high quality mental Mm. health services for free for free I'd have fallen out of my chair. Yes. So what's the catch? What's I'll, the catch? I'll have you a list in seconds. Yes. Right. Because they are at the front of my mind. Because not only are they experiencing such hardship in just the day-to-day, every day, I know that there's so much more. And yes. from my seat as administrator, I had opportunity in a lot of cases to be in their homes to see who they were growing up with, to see what they were experiencing, to to know so much more and still not know even a right. portion yeah. of what their experience was. That I had concern, so much concern, mm. so much desire to be able to help. Mm-hmm. And such a finite experience of my own strategy not being enough. Yes. And what do I do? Yeah. Finally, somebody offering some help, mm-hmm. some movement forward. Yeah. Yes. And I would say I, I get emotional when I think about 
the, this part of the mission of burnout educator, because it connects with me into a space, um, that I was too terrified to share when I got started. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to make healing connections for kids. Yes. Like that's it. Yes. And so here we are. Yeah. The burnout educator. Burnout educator. The invitation is open. Yeah. Patreon.com slash burnout educator. Check it out. We're also on YouTube. That's right. Yeah, we You should have seen the response from my six-year-old <laughs> son when I said I'm starting a YouTube channel. Yes, last night. <laughs> oh, yes. Graham, he looked at me like this. He goes, what are you going to do on that YouTube channel? And I said, oh, you know, 24-hour challenges and last-to-leave challenges, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, probably eat too many, too much candy. and Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll buy Lambos like his, his YouTube stars. No, not buying Lambos with YouTube money. No yeah. way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was quite an experience. That's amazing. What are you going to do on that YouTube? <laughs> yes. Yes. Provide therapy to kids like you, buddy. Yeah, right. Exactly right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Share a story. That's right. You also have a website. Yeah. Burnouteducator.com. Easy to find. Yes. There it yeah. is. So look us up. Yes. And uh, stick around for the next episode. It might be a while. We've yeah. got uh, interviews lined up with mm-hmm. educators. And uh, we're going to build the first season around the classroom, I think. Yeah. And uh, just talk to all the people that, that are inside the classroom. And hear their stories. Yes. And connect oh. with them. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. I know. Me Like either. I said, let's do it tonight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, a, I'm so excited to be with you guys on this journey. Um, mm. And I hope for you as the listener that this introductory episode just meets you with surprise and invitation to connect with your feelings and what you actually care about. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. As a human. Yes. You know, education is one of the most intimate disciplines on the planet. And for so many, it can be one of the coldest. Yeah. And so I, you know, just as everyone listening will have their own stories Mm -hmm. and I hope that those stories are just able to fill you and to move you to connect because that's really what this is all about anyway. And so stories or questions or whatever, use that email contact at burnouteducator.com. We'd love to hear the stories and we'd love to, um, you know, let this podcast be a voice for those that haven't found it yeah. in themselves. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. Take care. The Burnout Educator is pleased to partner with Beyond Healing Center in providing therapy services to children and their families who couldn't otherwise afford it. But we need your help to do that. For as little as $10 a month, you could help a child or family in need find the help that they deserve. Go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burntouteducator and select the contribution that's right for you. Anything helps and all is appreciated. Thank you and we look forward to partnering with you. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and that you got to see a piece of yourself in the story you heard today. If you want to stay connected with the Burnout Educator podcast, please subscribe. The Burnout Educator is a product of Beyond Healing Media. Our filmographer is Tyler Wassum. Our creative team is Jen Savage, Caleb Boston, and Jamie Eggert. Production and original music by our executive creative director, Bridger Falkenstein. Original artwork by our co-host, Olivia Willoughby. A special thanks to today's interviewee and the entire Beyond Healing team. Until next time, this is Ryan Savage, the Burnout Educator. Who turns on the uh, outro music?
<laughs> oh, that's me. No boots and skirts. That's harder for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I beatbox on the side. Pretty talented. I can moonwalk too.